Blog Talk Radio. It's been a long road getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but my time is finally here. I can feel the change in the wind right now. Nothing's in my way. Good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Jess Armline coming to you from the Center for Bioindividualized Medicine here in southeastern Pennsylvania. I am extremely happy to see everybody tonight. The chat room is filling up like crazy, and I know that there's a whole lot of people listening. Um, we have a special guest tonight, Dr. Steven Zadkoy, who is uh, the author of the bestseller, Misdiagnosed, the Adrenal Fatigue Link. Uh, Dr. Zadkoy uh, is an expert in uh, adrenal fatigue, and I know that that is a big subject now that everybody uh, would like to know about. Uh, Steve and I were talking just a little bit ago and and kind of talking about why and how we started this uh, particular uh, podcast, and um, the theme from the Enterprise, um, Star Trek Enterprise that I played at the beginning, uh, the reason I chose that was because my belief is that those people who are chronically ill, and there's lots of us, okay, are some of the strongest people I've ever met, met. And you do have the faith to believe, and you do have the strength of soul, and and I want to give you information and empower you so that no one could bend or break you, because let's face it, that's what's been going on. Um, people have been bent and broken. And one of the big things here is adrenal fatigue. So <clears throat> I'm going to jump right into it and introduce Dr. Zotkoy. Uh Dr. Steven Zotkoy is a board-certified chiropractor, nutritionist, and kinesiologist. And he's been in practice over 20 years, and he specializes in treating patients who have been deemed untreatable. I hate him because I do that too. Anyway, um, uh, Dr. Zotkoy attended, uh, attended uh, Rutgers University, received his bachelor's degree, and Doctor of Chiropractic degree from Long, Long Los Angeles College of Chiropractic. Yes, I will speak the English language. Don't worry about it. He practices in New Jersey and New York. He is an applied kinesiologist, certified nutritional specialist, diplomate of the Chiropractic Board of Clinical Nutrition, and a diplomate of the American Clinical Board of Nutrition. I met Doctor Zadkoy at a um, seminar that he gave, and what really impressed me, and I hope that he talks about it tonight, is his work with military personnel and veterans to overcome the effects of post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, I really hope that he tells us this story because I'm going to tell you something. 
Uh, he's healed more people uh, from this disorder, especially our military, and they deserve the best. They deserve the best. I was a captain in the Army, and uh, I can tell you that um, people who are ordered to go into battle, people who are ordered to do things they don't want to do, they still do it, and they deserve our very best support. I've heard him speak. I am impressed. I don't know how much more to say except to say, welcome, Dr. Zogkoy. How are you, Steve? Oh, I'm doing great today, just doing great. Happy to be here. You know, it's funny, one of the things you're saying is, you know, the strongest people are the ones who uh, haven't gotten better. One of the things I like to say is there are no untreatable patients, just untried treatments. Um, because today, you know, we're really battling, um, in medicine, we're really battling, you know, sta- uh, status quo. So many patients have come to me and said, you know, oh, I've been to so many different doctors. Uh, I've tried everything. And really what they've done is they've gone to three different neurologists, which is really getting mm-hmm. three exact same opinions. Sometimes right. uh, we really need to start looking beyond uh, the basics. And uh, you've uh, you've pioneered this. Um, I was re- I've read your book. I've uh, looked into your background, and you know, maybe I like to check everything out. I'm sure you've uh, done the same for me. And uh, I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed that you've uh, you know taken this particular. Uh, course in your life because uh, you know your service to humanity is is impressive. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about adrenal fatigue, and I think it'd probably be a really good idea if we defined it so that uh, we all have a common language that we're speaking. Because you know, and I know, the allopaths or the, or, or the quote unquote real doctors don't um, accept adrenal fatigue as an actual diagnosis. You know, I just did an interview for uh, USA Today and. The interviewer was uh, saying the exact same thing. She's saying, you know, my editor, our medical editor, doesn't want us to do this article because uh, adrenal fatigue doesn't uh, exist. And it's true. In medicine, uh, it doesn't exist. The problem is is that medicine that we know, uh, you know, that was in the uh, 20th century is old already. Um, most of the deaths that were occurring in the 20th century were due to uh, infections or poor sanitary habits or um, these basic, very simple diseases that now, since we have penicillin, antibiotics, and some more advanced testing, are much easier to treat and control. The diseases of the 21st century um, are really going to be what's called functional diseases, where you're not quite Mm -hmm. dead... You're not quite healthy, but you're losing your ability to function. Um, And that's really, medicine hasn't caught up to that. They're still on that magic bullet. You know, in the 30s when penicillin was um, uh, invented or found, it was a miracle. It was probably the thing that saved more lives than anything else in the world. And this idea of a magic bullet for a disease or you can see a disease on a lab test, um, it was so ingrained in medicine over the last 60, 70 years that the doctors, uh, medical physicians, have lost the ability to think. Um, and they can't realize that there's a dysfunction where the body may have a requirement. Uh, it may need to ramp up you know, 10, megawatts of, uh, 10 megawatts of energy, but it can only produce seven. And it's that dysfunction between what the body needs and what it can produce um, which is really the dysfunction that we're talking about. Um, We use adrenal fatigue, and I explain this in my book. Uh, Adrenal fatigue is a terrible name for this. It's really adrenal dysfunction, uh, where the adrenaline, uh, the adrenals just can't meet 
um, just can't meet the demand. And we go mm-hmm. with adrenal fatigue because um, most people who don't get their adrenals tested, their cortisol level tested until they're totally worn out, can't get off the bed, have had $20,000 worth of tests, the doctor says it's all in your head, then they finally start to get the right test and they realize, well, they have adrenal fatigue. But it's really adrenal dysfunction because it starts way, way, way uh, earlier than when people are fatigued. And that is that's that's a good differentiation. Plus, adrenal fatigue is a is a term that uh, we're familiar with. Um, the adrenal problems uh, that most of our allopath, allopathic colleagues understand are Addison's disease or either end of the spectrum. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned because you're absolutely correct that the diseases in the 21st century are functional diseases, but it also gives rise to what I like to call hidden illnesses. Right, things that are not easily diagnosable because you can't see them on a lab test. Okay, you actually have to interview somebody and use and think. And unfortunately, I think we have a we have a generation of allopaths who have been taught to think in an algorithmic or straight line fashion. And um, thinking outside the box is 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 discouraged. Uh, we I often watch Doctor House and and say, why do we need a a department of diagnosis? Okay, isn't that what the doctors are supposed to do, you know? You know, one of the things is, if uh, you know, I do a lot of stuff online. I try and get out there and, and talk to people. And they come in and they're really annoyed that their uh, allopathic physician uh, doesn't understand them or can't quite grasp why there's adrenal fatigue or a dysfunction. And one of the things I, um, I like to explain to them, their doctor's not doing anything wrong. Uh, sure. An allopathic physician is, they only know one of two things. You're either diseased, well, three things, I should say. You're either dead, in which case, you know, uh, they don't really want to talk to you anymore, uh, or Not you're sure. diseased or you're healthy. They have no concept of dysfunction. Um, if it doesn't show up on a lab test or an X-ray or a CAT scan, then you're healthy. They don't care that the fact you can't get up in the morning or that, um, you know, you have a hard time. Uh, getting through the day or you have chronic headaches, if they can't find it on a lab test, they don't want to know about it because they're only trained to treat diseases. They have zero training in um, uh, functional problems uh, or or chronic uh, diseases that uh, don't show up on a lab test. So I tell people all the time, you can't get annoyed at them. They're doing their job. The problem is is that... The way that they were trained. Right. I mean, right. you know, we exactly. still got people who we still have people who use um uh who send uh, money through telegrams. Um you can't get mad at people that it takes a long time uh or mm-hmm. send a mail. You can't get mad at the mailman. I mean, there's better ways of doing it. Um and they really just haven't moved beyond the disease state. Um just to let every and there's uh, people here in the chat room. Uh, if you have questions for Dr. Steve, just go ahead and type them in and I'll ask them for you. If uh, you want to call in to ask questions, the number is 646-595-2277. I'll be announcing that again later. Uh, and well, let's get into the let's get into the uh, uh, the meat of this. I mean, everybody seems to have, especially in our excitotoxic society, which is uh, a neuroscience term uh, that um, Dr. Kellerman came up with. Uh, but everybody seems to have some degree of uh, adrenal fatigue. Why is that? 
Well, I think that one of the things is, is that everybody now has a, uh, adrenal dysfunction because of the way society has uh, developed. You know, you and I are about the same age. Uh, what are you? You're about 32, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, no, when we were growing up, I, re- <laughs> I remember, you know, 12 o'clock came around. Uh, when we were kids, and you remember that big, uh, you know, they played the American flag and signed off for the evening. Do you remember that? That's right. Absolutely. Um, now there's, you know, TV, and there's thousands of channels 24-7. Um, right. You know, we all have cell phones that uh, you can't, you know, you can't go 20 minutes without looking at it. Um, you know, the Internet. We've become a 24-7 society. We never get a chance to uh, take a break. And because we never get a chance to take a break, our adrenals never stop working, and they just get worn out. Um, I'd like to use, if you don't mind, I'll do an example for the military. It's a great one. You know, we have more PTSD cases now than ever before, and people can go, well, you know, our men just don't have it, our service personnel just don't have it the way they used to. You know, know, it's a weak generation. I've heard this before. And I tell you, absolutely not. When you fought a war in the past, and I'm a big historian, so I've, I, you know, I've, I've mm. studied history all my life. When you fought a war in the past, you would go into combat for 30 days, and you may hold the line against atrocious numbers, and it would be rough, but it's 30 days. And then after 30 days or so, you would rotate back to a very, very quiet zone. If it was Europe, they would rotate you even back to England where it was fairly safe. But our men and women now, when they're in a combat area, they're brought, uh, uh, they're brought to what's called a green zone, which is supposed to be a secure area. But those aren't really that secure. There's attacks from inside, from uh, infiltration from um, enemies. There's rocket attacks. Um, there's no downtime. There's no chance for their system to actually shut off so that their adrenals can take a break, they could decompress, and rebuild themselves. Even their downtime, when they're in the green zone, they're still on hyper alert because they're only yards away from a, an active uh, area. So our men, men and women now are suffering huge amount of PTSD because their adrenals really just don't get a chance to calm down. And this is what all the research is showing, too. Um, it's very interesting that um, while adrenal fatigue isn't a recognized diagnosis, adrenal dysfunction is a major cause of PTSD, and that's what military medicine is showing right now. How would um, and the other? Uh, you, you're absolutely correct in your in, in your statements. And what I've noticed about recently is that if in Vietnam or, or Korea you went for one tour, that tour may have been a year, but you went for one tour. Now people are going back three, four, five, six times, not by choice, but because we have such limited resources. Uh, and I don't think that <laughs> I don't think the human body is adapted to that kind of hypervigilance. Uh, how would somebody know if they had adrenal fatigue? Is is it something testable, or is it something that you can um, do, you do by symptoms, or a little bit of both? Well, there's a there's a number of different ways. I always say tell people if you feel uh, like you have adrenal fatigue, you probably or you probably have it because it's one of these things that your your body sort of just tells you you've done too much. The other thing is is that you know if we switch out adrenal fatigue. And we use the word burnout. So you've burnt yourself, you know, you've become mm. burnt out. Um, one, uh, we, we've been doing this a lot lately um, because uh, burnout is actually a medical diagnosis, believe it or not. 
And really? Yeah, burnout is a medical diagnosis. Wow. And uh, it really encompasses the same thing. So what they've, uh, there's a couple of things you can do. Um, there's questionnaires online. Our book has a really comprehensive, like, 200-question uh, questionnaire uh, that really narrows it down to where your uh, adrenal fatigue is coming from. But there's, um, when I was doing my research um, showing that we can fix this problem, that we can help people with adrenal fatigue, burnout, and PTSD, um, I came across this uh, test. It's called a Maslach Burnout Inventory. And or an MBI, it's going to be found online. And what it is is it's a series of questions, and it basically tells how burnt out your system is. Now, the reason that burnout and adrenal fatigue can be used interchangeably is because, first of all, the Maslach burnout test uh, inventory test has been used like twenty thousand times. It's it's like the gold standard um, for for measuring people's burnout. But what they've done in the past now is they try to correlate that to, well, what's changing in the body? You have burnout, but what's changing? Do you know what's changing when you do your like burnout? It's cortisol. It's your, it's your cortisol level they could see is being burnt up. Uh, people with uh, extremely high um, burnout have very, very low or flat cortisol levels. And they've been mm-hmm. able to correlate test results, um, this, this questionnaire, with actual uh, saliva and um, blood uh, cortisol levels. And so when we were doing research um, on uh, a treatment protocol for Marines with burnout or PTSD, and that's the other thing. A lot of times we'll use the term burnout instead of PTSD or adrenal fatigue because burnout is much better. You know, you you left everything on the field. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. PTSD seems like it's a, a, um, uh, or adrenal fatigue seems like, yeah, whereas burnout is, hey, you, 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 you did a yeah. lot and you're, you're a little burnt out. And we were able to actually uh, correlate, again, you know, saliva cortisol with Maslach burnout. And I like that a lot because it's, it's very inexpensive to do. Um, you know, it's a few dollars uh, if you do it online. Um, but questionnaires, simple questionnaires are, are good. And then there's just... Everybody with adrenal fatigue tends to have the same type of symptoms or adrenal dysfunction. I'm going to use adrenal dysfunction. It's better. Um, You hear it like when people lie down and they stand up and they get dizzy. They're like, oh, wow. You know, and they're like, oh, that's normal. That's not Mm -hmm. normal. (laughs) You know, that's not normal. Um, You know, you should be able to do that day in, day out. And the only reason you should be dizzy is if you've been drinking. And, um, but I mean, that's a good one. At least, uh, and at then, least if you're drinking something good, I mean, let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least then you have got a yeah. You know me, I like my drink. If you're gonna get dizzy, uh, have a have a good reason for it, please. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. If you if you change positions rapidly and get dizzy, your adrenals have had it. And one of the main reasons is uh, cortisol levels, epinephrine levels, have to jump up very very quickly to tighten the blood vessels uh, to keep the blood in the brain. Uh, and people with adrenal dysfunction have a lag of five to ten seconds. Another one is is that people say, I'm just not refreshed, um, or um, I don't sleep well. Um, those are really good ones. People who, if you want to know if you're heading towards adrenal fatigue, is the people who say, oh, I really uh, thrive under stress. They're not really thriving. What they're doing is they're just burning up their adrenals so they feel like they're thriving. 
Um, or if you say, I used to thrive under stress, then you know you've probably reached the point where you've burned out the adrenals and you've got a lot of dysfunction. The thing about um, people talk about like the four stages uh, of adrenal fatigue, you know, but really in, in reality, the adrenals are an unbelievably resilient organ. Um, you can really rebuild them very, very quickly. But one of the things is, is that if you're under enough stress, even if you're totally worn out, your body will kick in and the adrenals will kick in. Um, so, you know, the old model is, you know, the four stages of adrenal fatigue where they become weaker and weaker and weaker. But the, the more likely reality is uh, that you're getting these fluctuations where the adrenals give a really big push and you have plenty of plenty of energy and then it drops down and sort of tries to rebuild itself. It's not to the very, very end where they're just totally exhausted and it takes a huge amount of effort to get um, stimulus out of, some, uh, out, of, out of a person. And this is where it really plays into our veterans and our, and our um, uh, people with PTSD because a lot of times people come home and um, they're like, and their wives will go, well, you know, he doesn't react to anything. He doesn't take out the garbage. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't interact with the kids. You know, I could be screaming at him. He just doesn't care. Of course he doesn't care. Or of course the service person doesn't care because they've been so uh, wound up to only respond to life-threatening uh, events, that little events that you and I, you know, I don't know about you, my wife screams. I'm like, I'm like jumping to attention. Um, but these guys, they're, you know, they're not, life's not being threatened. They're not going to respond to it because their, their adrenals have not, uh, gotten enough stimulus anymore. And that's one of the reasons that when we're, when I deal with people, uh, and we're dealing with their adrenals, we don't just give them support for the adrenals. A lot of times we look at how the brain, uh, the neurotransmitters, uh, in the brain are communicating with the adrenal. And that's a key point because a lot of times you go online and you see people are like, well, I'm taking rhodiola, I'm taking ashwagandha, I'm doing this, you know, this magnesium bath and it's not working. The reason it's not working is because the brain has become desensitized. Um, and we, one of the parts we need to really do is actually build communication between the brain and the body. Mm -hmm. That's a big point that everybody forgets about. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's huge because a lot of times um, people are like, well, I'm taking everything I'm supposed to be taking, you know. But no, I mean, you got to make sure everything is communicating. The other mm -hmm. thing is, is um, what we find for people uh, with um, whether they want to know if they have adrenal fatigue uh, or adrenal dysfunction is if you've had trauma in your, in your life, and people think everybody with PTSD is uh, combat trauma, that's a very small percentage. Most people who have PTSD have been from um, abuse, uh, emotional or physical abuse as a child or That's sexual right. abuse. Mm -hmm. um, and, a lot of big-time sexual abuse, right? Exactly, and they all show the same type of brain pattern and cortisol-level patterns. Um, it's not just combat veterans who have PTSD, burnout, and adrenal fatigue, and that's why we're seeing it in the public right now. Um, you know, life right now is very, very stressful, like I said, with the electronic devices on 24-7. But I'm sure you saw it in your practice like I did. I never planned on treating these types of problems. This was not my on my radar at all uh, until 9-11. And after 9-11, when the terrorism and the, the, the constant threat of, um, of uh, an attack here really just put everybody over the edge. Uh, you right. add in two financial crises um, and all the job losses, 
uh, and then, again, you know, all the electronics. And we're just overwhelmed. Nobody uh, is getting a chance to relax anymore. And our our uh, nervous system and our hormone system is, you know, ancient. It, it was designed 10,000 years ago to run away from a tiger. You know, the right. stress you were under back then was to, you know, <laughs> to run a mile into a cave and, you know, pray the tiger didn't attack you. But you had all day to recover. There's no time to recover now. Our our, uh, our adrenal system is set to do a fight or flight like once every six weeks, not six seven times a day. Exactly. And, uh, that's yeah. happening more and more and more anymore. It, it, it brings us to the point that if you have adrenal fatigue, and <clears throat> I think you made I think you made a very good point that it's um, you know that everybody seems to have at least some degree of it. Um, do you have to be treated by a physician, or there are things that you can do? to help yourself and and where is the line of demarcation where you say hey what I'm doing is not working I need to work with somebody who knows how to deal with this you know I like to um one of the things I can uh, I like is with patients to have control over over their health um and like even when we're working with we do phone consults all over the uh, uh, all over the world for adrenal fatigue and, you know, a lot of times I'll talk, you know, normally we talk to a person and then we'll see them and, you know, we'll tell them to call back in a month. And people are like, oh, my God, what am I going to do for the month? Well, you need to take control because, you know, adrenal fatigue, adrenal dysfunction is really about how you're interacting with the world and how your body um, uh, is able to handle the physical and emotional stress. And the body can't tell the difference. This is interesting. Between The body can't tell the difference between emotional stress and physical stress. It can't tell the difference between a true stress or something you just think is stressful. Uh, and right. it also can't tell the difference between good stresses and bad stresses. That's why so many women uh, fall apart around their wedding. It's it's a wonderful, beautiful thing, but it's so stressful for them that they fall apart. Right. A stress is stress. Um, stress, the body doesn't make the differentiation. Right, and people don't get that. Oh, everything's wonderful in my life. You know, I've got a new job. I've got a new house. We just had twins. That's a huge amount of stress. It's all great, but it does wear mm-hmm. the body down. And that's also, by the way, you know, I'm sure you've seen this in your practice too, is uh, vacation sickness where people fall apart the week of their vacation because it's the one time their adrenal system gets to shut down. Right. Um, so it's, it's, the, old, it's time, the old weekend migraine syndrome. Yeah, everybody, exactly. Everybody, you know, high pressure during the week and then Friday night, Saturday morning hits, boom, migraine. Yeah. And it's all related to the body just taking whatever time it can uh, to shut down and rebuild. And a lot of people don't realize is that the illness, you know, the symptoms of adrenal fatigue, adrenal dysfunction, uh, you know, the aches, the pains, the fatigue, uh, the dizziness. You know, what do you do when you're dizzy? You sit down, you lie down. Uh, what do you do when you're fatigued? You sit down and you relax. And that's actually what gets the adrenals to uh, calm down and rebuild themselves. So, I think patients need to ha- um, learn to take a lot of responsibility for their own health. I think if your symptoms are minor, um, you can you can even start treating yourself and, and building yourself up. And how do you do that is always a you know is is always something people want to know. Question. Yeah, I'm doing your job and, for you. And it's a it's a reasonable question. I mean that's that's why they come to us to get you know treatment strategies. You know our our right. audience uh, is filled with people. Uh, who are looking for guidance, and uh, they, these people have already accepted the fact that they need to take um, their health in their own hands, and, and this is the reason they're listening. So, uh, you know, 
So you you know you you're preaching to the choir to some extent, <laughs> which is nice for a change. Um, yeah, yeah. The first thing that I tell people is, you, you know, you really have to start. You know, start with the diet. There's certain things that are just easy to do. Clean up your diet. More fruits, more vegetables. It's amazing. Um, you know, I lecture on a whole bunch of uh, different topics. Uh, adrenal fatigue is really is my is my baby because I think it's an underlying cause of a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. But whenever you hear anything on the news, it's always related back to the diet. More fruits, more vegetables, more water, you know, less soda, less refined foods. You know, if we all switched our diet to, you know, in the book we go over an alkaline diet where you're really trying to enrich the body with alkaline foods like fruits, vegetables, and staying away from alcohol, white sugar, coffee, and soda, um, those are the things that rebuild the body, give it plenty of nutrients, and help it deal with stress. So that's step number one. Step number two is you have to emotionally start dealing with stress. The simplest and most effective way, I think, is start a simple exercise routine. Now, a lot of people with adrenal fatigue can't do too much because it hurts because uh, a lot of people with adrenal fatigue or adrenal dysfunction get what's called ligament laxity. And ligament laxity is that, you know, they use their left arm to, you know, uh, dig a hole, their left arm hurts. Uh, they, you know, they ride a bicycle, then their right knee hurts. Because what's happening is they get systemic ligament laxity. And when that happens is whatever joint or muscle they're using uh, that day gets in pain and then it moves to the next spot. That's also a very good clue that you have adrenal fatigue. If you have pain that moves around, um, that's a real good sign that you have adrenal fatigue. But a very light exercise routine, either exercising um, with uh, a nice brisk walk or swimming, which is low impact, um, is a great way to go because it does a number of different things. Uh, low impact is great because it won't hurt the joints, but it brings more oxygen into the body, which helps calm the body. Deep breathing when you're exercising is really key because it naturally triggers the relaxation response uh, in the body. The other thing is is that people who exercise tend to be calmer. They get a lot of their aggression, a lot of their stress out. Uh, and these are two things that people could start to do um, on their own. The third step's a little harder is recognizing and, and taking control over what's stressing you out. Uh, if it's a bad marriage, you may need to go to marriage counseling. If you have problems with your parents, you may need to go to counseling for that. If your job is just too much for you, you may have to step back and take a different position. Um, and the people who do that, you know, you really have to start to get this idea. It's a, you know, it's a quality of life. Um, there's no reason to uh, sit and suffer um, you you really need to sometimes just take a step back and say, I'm gonna what can I do to improve my quality of life? If if my work is causing me this much stress, maybe it's worth making less so that, you know, I feel better, I feel healthier, uh, I'm getting more joy. But the first two things are really key. Uh changing the diet and uh starting a light exercise routine. That is that is Easy and doable, and uh, I, I especially like your point about the water because uh, I think we're all chronically dehydrated. Um, <clears throat> we've had people, uh, by the way, everybody, it's 8.30. If you have um, questions for Dr. Z, uh, Dr. Steve, 646-595-2277. I see the switchboard is beginning to fill up a bit. 
and uh, you might want to get in there so that uh, you're not waiting so long in line. And if you're on the chat, um, please feel free to uh, type in any uh, questions, and I'll, doc I'll ask Dr. Zogfai uh, for you. Um, now, there's been a lot of patients treated with uh, adrenal fatigue <clears throat> that have been treated by nutritionists, chiropractors, and other types of healthcare providers without success. Um, what is your what is your advice? Uh, what can they do? Uh, you know, to me, I, I always tell people: if you're not getting better, let's switch let's switch practitioners. I mean, you can't swing a dead cat and not hit a doctor. But uh, you know, so yeah, no, no well, you one. Know, and there, have, there's something to be said for that. You no, know, um, it, it's amazing to me. Uh, you know, you'll you'll be at a, you know be at a dinner party and people go, "Well, I went to a chiropractor once and it didn't work." Well, I've been to dentists who didn't do a good job either. It doesn't mean I stopped going to dentists. Uh, right, you know, right. sometimes you need to, you know, sometimes you need to get a second opinion from um, from another mm -hmm. nutritionist or another chiropractor. Um, but let's say you've gone the gamut. I mean, in my office, uh, and I know in yours also, you know, typically people will come to you after seeing one doctor. Uh, you know, I know the average in my office is like seven or eight. Um, uh, yeah. Different types of physicians they've seen. <laughs> sometimes and, on the 18th, sometimes on the 75th. <laughs> yeah. I like when they hand you the binder of lab work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know these are all the tests I've had done. Um, but if you're not be getting nice answers, you gotta you got be nice if the doctor bothered to read the tests. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, Hi, um, did you read this? You see the inosinophils through the roof? That means parasites. Really? Yeah. <laughs> When, um, <laughs> when when we get uh, patients who haven't responded um, to to regular care, let's say, and, and you know, even our own patients, you know, it's, I mean, sometimes they, the regular routine, step one didn't work. You know, there's step two and step three. One of the things mm -hmm. is, is that if a patient uh, doesn't respond to uh, traditional uh, nutrition, let's say um, I'm big on giving adrenal glandulars um, and adaptogens, to rebuild the adrenals uh, along with the multinutrients, you know, those are, you know, the basic steps. Oh, you know, I've done that, blah, blah, blah. First, you have to make sure that the quality of what they were using um, was of value. You know, they just came out with, and I've said this for years, is, you know, you can't go to GNC and buy a, uh, a, bo a bottle of good adrenal supports for $6.99 or two for $8.99 when I can't afford to buy that in my own office uh, for that price, you know. So you have to first make sure that they were taking the the right quality product, the right type of product. But let's say they've been to a good physician and it's good quality. A lot of times you've got to look beyond. Maybe it's not just the adrenals, as I said before. Maybe it has to do with the uh, brain chemistry. Um, you know, is the brain still communicating with um, the adrenal glands? All the communication, you know, from the hypothalamus, pituitary, and the brain has to go down and talk to the adrenals and tell them to turn on and tell them to turn off. And a lot of times with people who have been under chronic stress for a long time, the brain just stops telling the quarter, uh, doesn't tell the adrenals to shut off because it's afraid that it won't turn them back on. And so we'll give support for both the hypothalamus uh, and the pituitary. And then we also check for neurotransmitter. Neurotransmitters are how nerves in the body and the brain communicate. And a lot of times people who have been under chronic stress have used up all of their serotonin and their GABA 
which is what calms and relaxes them. And if you have no nothing to calm and relax you, your body's going to go and switch it right back to the fight or flight. So even though you're taking all the adrenal supports and you're keeping your adrenals nice and strong, there there's nothing telling them to turn on and off properly. And that's a really um, great way to um, as a next step. And you know that brings me to you know. Um, I have to go a lot of times and people are asking me questions. Well, I don't understand how could treating the adrenals and giving these neurotransmitters and improving communication can work for people with uh, adrenal fatigue or burnout or PTSD and the drugs don't. And I'm always shocked when, when a physician asks me this. And it's very, very simple. When we test people's neurotransmitters, and you test and you see that their uh, GABA levels are extremely low uh, or that their serotonin levels are extremely low. And somebody's taking a drug uh, like a SSRI, Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitor, that drug is designed to keep serotonin in the brain to calm and relax them. But that drug is assuming, and so is the doctor, is assuming that that person has enough serotonin in their body. But if there's not enough serotonin or very little serotonin in the brain to begin with, no matter how much of the drug to keep the the serotonin in the brain um, you give, there's not, the the body's not producing any serotonin. So how can it keep anything in there? And the same with the other neurotransmitters. A lot of times we just find people are very, very deficient um, in the amount of neurotransmitters they have. And that's why a lot of the medications they take um, aren't working. When we're dealing with veterans and we're checking their neurotransmitter levels, um, and these people are on, you know, 20 different medications sometimes, um, it, it, it's shocking to see how low their neurotransmitters are. Um, and we don't take them off the medication. We work with them uh, while they're still on medication. But once we start giving them the basic precursors so that their body can produce the neurotransmitters, the medication that they're on actually starts to work um, because it has something to to uh, work with. And then over time, uh, the neurotransmitters build up and, and sometimes we're able to actually get them uh, off the medication. But uh, I want to talk about, let me just say one thing about that. When people come to my office and they're on medication, they're like, well, I'd really like to get off the medication. That's actually not my ultimate goal. Uh, my ultimate goal when somebody comes into my office or I do phone consults, uh, my ultimate goal is to improve the quality of somebody's life. Uh, and if that's, you know, doing some nutritional stuff and getting them to see a therapist and using the medication at the same time, I'm happy with that. The goal is to enjoy life, to have a quality of life, not to worry about whether you're, you need to use a medication or an herbal to do it. It's quality of life we want and happiness we want for people. That is exactly true, and people um, people do come in, and, and as, as you know, my my practice is uh, very similar to yours, except I, I probably do more internet work. Um, that they're they're looking to get off the medicines, but what they're really trying to say is, I want to feel better. I think these medicines are hurting me, and um, we spend a lot of time in explanation of you know the SSRIs and what they're actually doing, and that you know it's it, it corrects. It increases the amount of the target neurotransmitter in the synapse, but doesn't address the reason why it's low to begin with. And then you get to a point where if you ain't got it, you ain't got it. Simple as that. So the medicine will fail. And most of these medicines are doomed to fail because they don't get at the base reason for the 
uh, lack of neurotransmitter, which um, you can. As soon as you start building that back up, the medicine seems to work better, and there is a there is a point where, you know, with their prescribing physician, they can actually, you know, back off on certain medicines or you know decrease certain medicines so that you know you're not getting side effects. But the ultimate goal is to create a balance within the brain. Okay, and that creates homeostasis, and that's what creates, you know, a feeling of well-being, which is where we all should be, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate goal for for, for these patients. Um, I'm always amazed at when, um, you know, I, I test patients and, we're, and they're on medication and we talk to their physician, we're like, listen, it's, like, it's great you're giving them the, um, you know, uh, an SSRI, you know, try and, try and placate them, uh, but don't you think you should have actually checked to see if they had the building blocks to even use it. Uh, and that concept is completely... Um, foreign. It's foreign to them. Uh, yeah. No idea. The consistent argument I get, I get against uh, neurotransmitter testing is uh, certain people will throw their nose up in the air and say, well, that's not CNS, not central nervous system. And I'm like, yeah, urinary or serum neurotransmitter levels are going to be central nervous system and periphery. And they're supposed to be used as biomarkers, not as absolutes. And then I'll then I'll turn around and say, now tell me what you're using to uh, as a biomarker so that you know what to prescribe. You know, and then you get the silence. And then I wait for the crickets. Okay. <laughs> and then when I hear the crickets, I look at nothing. You know what that means? You're guessing. Okay. <laughs> and you're and that's people it. You know, that's, that's the funniest part is they're making, you know, they're boo-hooing the approach that at least is looking to see if there's, you know, here's the thing. When, if you get back a neurotransmitter test on a patient and there's, you know, almost no serotonin, almost no GABA in the system or uh, no dopamine, you've got to figure if there, you know, if there's none in the peripheral, there's none in the central. There's no reason that uh, one part of the body is going to be making it and not sharing it with the rest of the body. Um, and you're right. It's, it's a it's a way to look at what's going on, not necessarily to say you're concrete. Uh, you need this much to uh, to rebuild it. It's the way of looking inside somebody and getting an idea of why they are the way it is. Um, not necessarily the end all. But it's it's so important to at least know where to start um, with with exactly these patients, true. and that's why the diff- I'm sorry. That's why the difficult cases. You know, we want to look at that. We want to make sure that we're checking mm-hmm. the neurotransmitters. We want to see how the brain is functioning along with the body. Absolutely, absolutely. And if we, if people would, you know, like like you and I understand how to read the, the pattern of neurotransmitters, if they looked at the pattern, they can tell many, many you know, different things. I, I I have several nicknames. Some of them not so complimentary, but uh, one of my nicknames is. Good. <laughs> You know, one of my nicknames is the neurotransmitter whisperer because I can look at a test and go, ah, this is what's going on and tell you whether it's going up, down, or sideways. And, and I'm going to be doing a lecture in uh, in October. And I put together several um, neurotransmitter studies that were in Lyme because you know that immune pattern that you see with Lyme or Pandas where everything's just knocked up to the top. And then, you know, as it degrades over time, and then you have somebody who's got next to no neurotransmitters and they're still you know, shaky, and you say, look, look at the inhibitories are lower than the excitatories, even though they're all low. That person's going to be wired but tired. You know, and, and 
by understanding the pattern, you also know what you need to do to fix it. And it, and it doesn't have to be exact. It has to be a generality. And whether you use nutraceuticals or pharmaceuticals, you know, my argument with my, all, my allopathic friends is that, look, you have somebody who's depressed, you say, let's do an antidepressant. But what can cause depression? You know, low serotonin, low dopamine. I mean, how do you know which one it is? Well, you'll start with an SSRI. Then you say, oh, well, hey, we'll, we'll wait for a little while. Okay, it's not working. So let's up it a little bit. Uh, let's up it some more. Okay, then we'll change medicines. Maybe six months, eight months, ten months down the road, you hit the right combination of medications. You know, now you could have shortened that to two weeks if you'd have bothered to look at this neurotransmitter test and say, ooh, I see the pattern. I know what kind of medicine would help that. You know, it's, it doesn't matter to me whether you use pharmaceuticals or nutraceuticals. Maybe you should pay attention to what's going on. You know, it always amazes the heck out of me, you know? Right, um, and, I, and I, lo- I love the way that, you know, we're the crazy one. Oh, of <laughs> you know, course we're the crazy oh, you, you, know, you don't need we're to the test for this to see, to yeah. see what, where they're at. We'll, we'll, we'll eventually well, get it right. Eventually, right, and you're going to make people suffer. One, one of the... Uh, statements I made in the in the seminar that I taught was um, when I did because I did the entire neuropsych section uh, was are we when I'm talking to the practitioners I'm like are we the reason people suffer in silence is our attitude the reason that people are made to suffer in silence because they depend on us to help these decisions you know uh, I do have a couple of callers but if it's okay by you let me see if there's um if there's some questions here. Uh, a person in the 908 area code, you've been waiting a long time. Are you there? Mm, perhaps not. Okay. Hi, this is Dr. Armine. Are you still on hold? Are you there? Oh. Okay. Maybe we'll call back. Uh, so if anybody has any questions, 646-595-2277 is the call-in line. Uh, please do so, and if you're on the chat, please feel free to ask any questions. You know, Dr. Steve, if you'd be so kind, would you um, – I I was most impressed, um, as you can tell, because I, I, I took on that other chiropractor who was being an idiot. Um, oh, here's the person calling back again. Hi, this is Dr. Armine. Are you there? Hello? Guess not. Anyway, uh, I would really like if you could uh, give every uh, what you did with the military because it's nothing short of miraculous, my friend. And um, I think the world should know about how you went about helping the Marines. I, I'm, I'm, I would really like if you could tell the story because um, by putting yourself out there, putting putting yourself on the line, um, very few people would do that. And you went all the way to the Pentagon. You know, I keep telling everybody, he went to the Pentagon, you know, the thing with an extra wall. You know, he went there. I don't know that I have the bravery to do it, but I would really like if you could tell that story a bit. Sure. Um, you know, the, the story story about, you know, five, six years ago when um, a colonel brought her, uh, I didn't know at the time that this this one was a colonel, brought her daughter in. And long story short was that her daughter had uh, – um, a chronic hip problem, and they really wanted to do surgery on it, and we were able to correct it uh, relatively quickly in uh, a couple of sessions. And one of the ways I corrected it was a technique called neuroemotional technique, where you have people visualize stress and anxiety, 
uh, and then use acupressure points um, to desensitize them to it. And mm-hmm. the daughter, uh, the mother had been um, in a combat zone, and the daughter was just very nervous about it. And we basically, over the course of, of a week or two, were able to desensitize it to the stress. Uh, and by taking away the stress, the muscles rebalanced themselves, and basically uh, the girl did fantastic. Um, and the mother asked me, she goes, you know, um, could you do this for Marines with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder? I'm like, sure. I go, like I said before, most people who have post-traumatic stress are regular people who have had traumas in their lives, whether it be sexual, car accidents. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it shouldn't make a difference if they're, if, if it's uh, uh, war-related. Um, and so over the course of uh, the next year or two, we'd have Marines coming in from all over, Hawaii, Florida, Japan, and she would put them up in her house because um, her house isn't too far from my office, and I would treat them in my office. And one of the uh, Marines who happened to come in, his father was a general, and um, he, it's a great story. Uh, he was a lieutenant in Afghanistan, and there was a big firefight between uh, uh, the Marines that he was in command of and supposedly friendly troops. And, you know, uh, a couple of his men were hurt, and he got basically brought back to the United States uh, suffering with um, severe uh, post-traumatic stress. And by the time he uh, met me, he was actually getting ready to be discharged because he'd spent a year trying to rehabilitate, you know, going through cognitive behavioral therapy, drugs, talk therapy, and nothing worked. But his father had heard me speak about the work I did and had him flown in from Hawaii. Um, And we did uh, two weeks of intensive care. So we did a session in the morning and a session at night. Within 10 days, he flew back to Hawaii um, and passed both his physical and psych exam uh, and decided to actually uh, remain in the Marine Corps. And to this day, I mean, I spoke to him uh, a couple of months ago just to check up on see how he's doing. He's actually a what's called a Marine uh, recon, which is like uh, the Marine Navy SEALs, you know, the, the best Dang, of the right. best. And this is a guy that were ready to just give up and give him his, you know, his disability for the rest of his life. 22 years old, they were writing him off. And in two weeks, we were able to bring him back. So uh, between the original uh, colonel, who was then a general, um, and then the um, the general, the, the father of this, of this uh, marine lieutenant, uh, I was asked to go to um, the Pentagon and basically go over the protocols. And we had, you know, lots of great meetings where, you know, the <clears throat> the combat officers, the ones who are responsible um, <clears throat> for the command of uh, men in the field were going home to try a new program for treating or even preventing uh, PTSD. Uh, unfortunately, the biggest roadblock I got was from uh, Navy Medicine. Uh, they refused to sign off on anything um, uh, uh, alternative. You know, one of them went so far as to say, you know, uh, how do we know these vitamins and minerals that he's giving are, are, are safe for our Marines? And, you know, one of the combat generals turns uh, turns, turns this uh, this medical officer and says, you know, sir, these men mm-hmm. are in combat zones getting shot at and being blown up. I think they'll be okay with the virus. 
I mean, this is this is the, <laughs> the, the stupidity of what we need to deal with. You know, you've got this guy sitting in the Pentagon who, who has no responsibility to actually deal with these vet, uh, these uh, active duty Marines, and he's worried about a vitamin. I mean, a vitamin they can go buy in the store anyway. Um, and so we, they refused to give permission for um, um, for us to initiate this program. But, you know, I've been a chiropractor for 25 years, and when I first became a chiropractor, and even today, uh, there's a lot of uh, animosity from uh, a lot of traditional physicians. And, yes. you know, you've got to, you know, strap on a pair of extra balls and get out there and find a way to get your message. Um, so with the with the help of several of the generals who already knew what I could do, um, we put together a uh, educational program, we called it, where I'd basically go in and help officers uh, understand uh, what PTSD is, what burnout is, what adrenal fatigue is, and um, how best to treat it. Uh, and then we actually, at the end of the pro, at the end of the uh, uh, this educational, because you're allowed to do educational uh, without anyone's permission, we basically said we'll treat any Marine uh, in the room who has um, feels they're burnt out or has PTSD. And from that group, we did our original study. And our study was very simple. We 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 measured um, the Marines' um, neurotransmitters, cortisol levels, uh, hormone levels, uh, like we would do with regular patients. Uh, and then we recommended, um, and you do that test. It's a it's a pretty simple test for for your listeners. Uh, the test is great. Uh, you collect urine and saliva. Uh, and then you send it, put it in a tube, and you basically send it in the mail to a lab, and then the doctor gets the results. So we had uh, Marines all over the world doing this uh, this test, and then we would send them the nutrients. And the thing that was amazing, because a lot of these people I really didn't meet, uh, maybe I spoke to them on the phone briefly, but most of them we really had almost no contact with, we were able to, just reading the tests and uh, getting a list of their complaints, we were able to reduce their physical and emotional complaints by 40% in 90 days. And we actually were able to drop it by 80% in 180 days, which was the full course of treatment, which is phenomenal, uh, unbelievable results. And, and it really got noticed. Actually, uh, I published one paper on it uh, last year and uh, in a peer-reviewed journal and the other, another one, on the the first 90 days we published because the results were so good, and now the 180-day paper is being published uh, next month uh, in Nutritional Perspective, which is a pretty pretty prestigious magazine. And what we were able to do is show that there is one we can show that using the MAS-like burnout inventory, the test we talked about before, um, mm-hmm. that these people have a problem with their um, they feel burnt out. Their te- their questionnaire shows they're burnt out. And then our lab test quantifies that they're burnt out. And then when we fix them, their MASLEC score comes down, they feel better, and their uh, uh, lab tests, retests, look better. So we were able to really demonstrate that um, this type of approach works. And from there, we were actually able to secure a, um, a grant from a private organization to treat veterans with post-traumatic stress, anxiety, depression, and burnout. Um, and we have... We're actually in five states right now. We'll be in seven by the end of this year. 
where we'll treat any veteran or soldier or even their family member with anxiety, depression, PTSD, or burnout for absolutely free. Um, and the results have been outstanding. I mean, better than we ever thought they would be, um, the, because we're able to show and see what's wrong with them and then give them the nutrients to rebuild them. Um, a couple of things that was really interesting about the original program we did and, and the um, free care we're now doing is the military has a special center called the National Intrepid Center of Excellence. And um, I was asked to go and bring my program there and see how they could bring it into uh, the work they're doing. And when I was went there and I, and I had a general as my escort, when we went there, the physician, the head physician, wouldn't even show us around. He was so adamant against the program, even though he didn't even know what it was, uh, the idea of somebody coming up with a solution that they haven't thought of was appalling to him, that he wouldn't even show us around the facility. And, you know, we're talking to this guy, and he's, I'm like, well, how many people do you see? And this is why there's a health care crisis in the United States. This facility, their key facility, sees 20 people a month and has 80 physicians on staff. Can you imagine that? Yeah. 20 patients for uh, 80 doctors for 20 patients. Um, yeah, and, and, and their results are it, nothing. That was my guess. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just spending money like mad, mad, mad. Even if they found a solution, they could never, ever reproduce it because uh, you just can't do that. Uh, you can't have that many physicians trying to figure out what's wrong. But one of my goals was when, when we did our own study is we actually found people who had gone through what's called NICO uh, and failed, and we actually put them in our study, and they did superb uh, in the program that we made for them. Um, so it really shows that even when you get the best care, uh, there's always um, another option that you could try. And um, that's really you know where, where we want to try and bring it to people. One of the reasons people go, well, why don't you work with the VA now or go, you know, they're so closed-minded that we're able to, it's so much easier and quicker just to bring the results to the veterans or the soldiers or the Marines or their family than it is to try and go through the uh, uh, the military and the VA. Uh, and one, I think one of the true reasons that we've had such great success with our program is that one of the things that we explain to um, one of the things we explain to all the veterans is that um, we're not part of the VA. We don't care what the VA says. We're our own entity, and then they feel safe and even confident that something will be done. Um, and we're enrolling 30 to 40 <clears throat> veterans a month in the program at this point, and we plan on even picking up the speed much faster in the coming uh, six months. I'm impressed. We had spoken uh, a while ago about adding in um, uh, the consideration of the epigenetics. Um, did that get any traction at all? It, you know, part of our problem, uh, I shouldn't say our problem, is, you know, our program is um, growing so quickly that we're, mm -hmm. we're really trying to keep up with just the um, uh, basic, Understandable, like, yes. Right, we have you know we have step. Uh, I think you and I were talking about before, like we have step one, two, and three, um, mm -hmm. and we haven't you know, and we were going to use the um, uh, the uh, gene testing as step four, but we haven't even gotten mm -hmm. to um, step.
step three and four yet because the success of our program, even though it's only been about a year, is, is so great that they keep expanding our areas. So and originally, never argue with success because you're doing you're doing no. wonderful work. <laughs> so you know, you are. Uh, you are. Or, yeah, I, I, I mean, know. No, I know what the stats look like, and they're yeah. amazing. They're nothing short of amazing. So we've got, you know, we started off in uh, one clinic and we're now up to seven. Um, the program was just accepted into, um, uh, which is really amazing when you think about this, is that the program was just accepted into the uh, Albany County Correctional Facility. Um, what they're trying to do now is rather than have these, uh, for veterans only, but uh, mm -hmm. Rather than having these guys on a rotating door where they're they're in for six months and then gone for six months and then commit another crime, um, mm -hmm. they want to do this program where can you stabilize them? Can you get them thinking straight or not so depressed or so that they don't come back? And so Soldier On is the parent company we work with, um, mm -hmm. great nonprofit. They said, well, let us bring this program in. Um, and you'll see the results because when these guys are happier, when they have less anxiety, uh, when they're less frustrated, uh, when they get to think clearer, they're not going to commit a crime uh, as readily. That's true. And, That's true. And what a lot of people don't realize is, I mean, we all know that um, drugs lead to um, crimes. I mean, that's really well documented. What people don't understand is, well, why do people turn to the drugs to begin with? Um, and usually, you know, for a lot of people, there's not a big difference between uh, using drugs because they're depressed than there is to getting a prescription for drugs. Um, you know, if you're poor, it's a lot cheaper to go to the street corner and get something than it is to go to the pharmacy. Um, mm -hmm. But it's the same idea. If we could stabilize these guys, um, before they get back on the street so that they're a little happier, they're not depressed, they're not uh, anxious, they're not frustrated, they don't have anger, um, the chances of them committing another crime tend to be much, much less. And we've seen it already. Um, you know, Soldier On is doing a great, uh, a great job in there, and with all the veterans. Um, and I know this over uh, Christmas, um, they, uh, Jack Downing, the... the president of um, Soldier On received a letter, as did the warden and I think the mayor of or the uh, uh, the mayor of where, uh, Albany uh, from the prisoners that are in our program actually apologizing for their past actions and thanking the, um, um, you know, the, the facility for starting this type of a program where they actually feel they're getting care and help that's going to be long term uh, and, and they've never seen that before so it's, it's a really promising sign that is absolutely amazing. People, if anybody wants to ask a question, uh, it's the lines are open. I uh, don't see anybody in the uh, queue just yet. So 646-595-277, 646-595-2277. This is, this is the time to be calling and asking questions, so please do. So uh, while we're waiting for the board to light up here, um, how do people, first of all, how do people get your book? Um, my book is called uh, Misdiagnose uh, the Adrenal Fatigue Link. Um, we sell it through Amazon. It's uh, actually, it's, uh, <laughs> it's 
a bestseller on Amazon for the last year, which is kind of amazing considering uh, I never thought of myself as a writer. Um, but the, the demand for knowledge on uh, adrenal fatigue um, is incredible. I named the book uh, Misdiagnosed because so many people are walking around um, thinking they have uh, anxiety, depression, PTSD, insomnia, GI issues. Uh, they just don't feel right, and they keep going from doctor to doctor to doctor with no concrete diagnosis. You know, it's all in your head or your lab work is fine, but the people feel terrible. Um, so we chose the, we chose the name uh, misdiagnosed because it's really uh, so many people are walking around feeling like that. And when I, you know, I wrote a book on the suggestion of my brother-in-law who also wrote a book. Uh, he's a lawyer. And um, he's like, oh, it would be great. It will get you out there. And he, But he had a publisher. And I decided I would just self-publish. And, uh, oh, my God, I, you know, I knew nothing about doing this. And it was it was quite a learning curve to figure out what needed to be done and how you could, you know. I don't, I don't yeah. doubt it, my friend. I don't doubt it. Yeah. yeah, you write a book, you figure out, oh, it's genius. My mother told me it was genius. So I thought it would sell mm-hmm. like mad. And it wasn't until we actually started telling people that there was a book out there um, through Facebook and through um, uh, different media that the book really started to sell. But I, I'm actually, um, you know, very proud that, um, you know, my first book, um, it's for health and fitness um, category on Kindle. You know, there's 3 million books on um, on, um, on Kindle and Amazon, and our book uh, is constantly ranked uh, number one in its field and, you know, in a top 1% seller. So it's 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 pretty pretty nice. I'm pretty happy with that. And it's also good. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's get great exposure. I mean, we get patients from India, New Zealand, Australia, uh, all over the world um, calling for, you know, for consultations or, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny, actually. We get a lot of calls from physicians in Europe who are much more um, open-minded to the, um, the um, idea of adrenal dysfunction than American physicians are. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I, I, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we very nice. Go ahead. We mentor physicians. No, we mentor physicians also, and uh, a lot of them are from Canada, from Europe, uh, and um, you know they they want to learn this. Yeah. I don't it, think they have really the same restrictions that our American physicians do. Well, I don't think they're you know they're so uh, enslaved to the drug company. You know, I think that they're much more open-minded to maybe there's a better way. Um, mm-hmm. I know, like, in Europe, um, I'm an applied kinesiologist, which is, you know, uh, an advanced form, let's say, of um, chiropractic care. But in mm-hmm. Europe, the same degree is a medical degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're much, yeah, they're much more open to uh, different ways of doing things. Um, and, you know, people are constantly, I know people constantly criticize, um, you know, medicine in Europe saying, oh, you know, you've got to wait three months for an MRI, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. But the truth of the matter is, is that every, every te- uh, you know, the world health, when they're ranking different countries for health, the United States is, does abysmal. I mean, I think we're, you know, we're ranked 31. We're behind right. third world countries. 
um, because our health care, while it costs more than everyone else, doesn't actually provide any health. It will only treat you once you're sick, whereas a lot of the other countries are still uh, are looking for methods to actually get people healthy and keep them healthy. And we haven't gotten there yet. And I think that's why their physicians are much more open to looking at some of these um, alternative methods to deal with uh, serious uh, and chronic health issues. I think that our, our physicians are trained in, in treating chronic diseases and have accepted um, chronic diseases as a given. And, um, you know, if you have an autoimmune disease, they say, well, you know, you have it and it stinks to be you. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> It's true, because you know and I know that autoimmune diseases are, second, are downstream from something else. Dysautonomia is downstream from something else. Adrenal fatigue, whether you believe in the diagnosis or not, or burnout, which I'm glad to hear that that's an actual diagnosis, is a downstream effect from something else that can be reversed. And this has been the whole idea of these podcasts I've been doing since uh, a year ago in November, that uh, you know I want, want everybody to know, and I'll say right up front, no matter how many people out there with pitchforks and, and, and torches and everything. I, I have a back entrance so I, I can get out I can get out when they're down there. You know, I'll keep saying it. You know, <laughs> these things can be fixed. Okay. You're you're you are a pioneer, my friend, and a perfect example of somebody who has put himself out, thought outside the box and not only are you helping uh everybody with adrenal fatigue or adrenal burnout, you're helping the most important people in the world and that's our soldiers. Okay, and it took a lot of chutzpah uh, to go up to the Pentagon and be shot down and just keep on banging away until you were able to find a methodology that those soldiers can uh, get treatment, okay, and not be stuck in um, that whirlwind of I'm going to be disabled and I'm going to be, um, you know, I, my life is over because I have this. Um, <clears throat> tell it. Tell the audience, please, how can they get in touch with you? How can they access care like this? Um, well, I know you're probably inundated, but everybody's going to want to know, you know, how can they um, how can they get um, somebody who thinks like you or how can they get in touch with you? Well, if they're a veteran um, and uh, or a, a soldier or a family member, they can contact our office directly. Um, I'll give you the number. It's 732 732- Three zero eight zero zero nine nine. That's seven three two three zero eight zero zero nine nine. And Chrissy in my office is our director of the resiliency program, and she could help uh, get them set up. The thing is, right now is um, you know we 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 are really inundated, but we just keep bringing on physicians in different areas. I think we're up to eight mm-hmm. physicians right now, and then we also have volunteer physicians. Um, because we're mostly lo- our grant is for the East Coast, but what we've actually done now is ask for volunteer physicians, where we train them in our protocols, um, and we'll send them all over the country. Uh, one of the groups, uh, the reason we did that is we're now working with um, Stop Soldier Suicide, um, the largest hotline for um, soldiers who feel that they need some help, and a lot of uh, the soldiers who call that number aren't suicidal, but, they, you know, they're burnt out. They have anxiety. They've got depression. They're down. Um, 
you know, the system has let them down. And so um, because they weren't suicidal, uh, Stop Soldier Suicide really didn't have a method to uh, deal with them. So we actually now take their referrals all over the country um, to, to help the active duty soldiers. And this week, um, I'll put it out there anyway, this week we'll, we're signing an agreement with a, a great organization um, called Wounded Wear. And what Wounded Wear does is they have uh, altered clothing for veterans who have lost, uh, who have had an amputation. And mm-hmm. um, we're going to be a support system for them. So not only will they be clothing them, but they'll be able to say, listen, if you're, you know, if you're having some uh, emotional problems with dealing with this, if you're, you know, if this has got you down, that will be able to actually get them into um, deal with. Uh, Check, their, check them out nutritionally, do some work with them hands-on. And, again, we have volunteer doctors around the country who are willing, really willing to step up and, and, and uh, help these guys and girls. Um, so it's, it's really great to see, you know, um, the profession uh, step up and, and really help. Mm-hmm. And i got to say, you know, this is all um, due really to um, uh, Jack Downing, who runs Soldier On. Uh, Jack and I met. Uh, the Department of Defense sent Jack and I and uh, other people around the country to see what could be done to improve um, the health and well-being of uh, soldiers. So Jack and I were flying all over the country together, and we had a lot of time to kill, so I was explaining to him what I did, and he thought, you know, and he, Jack, runs Soldier On, which deals with um, low-income and homeless veterans to make sure that they have food and housing, great organization. And he's like, oh, my God, if we can get these guys rebuilt and and reinvigorated, that would be fantastic. And when we got back to uh, our respective areas, Jack, you know, uh, disappeared for a while. And about six, seven months later, he called me up and he's like, listen, he goes, "I've, I've gotten some private grants together and some, you know, big hitters who are willing to give your program a go to see if it's going to make a difference. Um, and, uh, the, you know, luckily the results were so good that, uh, you know, the, the donations keep coming in and the program keeps growing. Um, so we're, we're, we're lucky that there, uh, a guy like Jack Downing and Soldier On could see the vision beyond um, the VA and beyond the basics to really get people care that they need. I'm, I'm, I'm gratified, but... Um... I'm not going to let you belittle your contribution because if it wasn't for you, nothing would have happened. You know, and uh, sorry, I'm going to I'm going to call a spade a spade. You know, if somebody's got to show it to them and uh, prove that this does work. You know, I've read your protocols and you know I utilize them and uh, they do work. They work very well. You know, and I'm um, you know this there has to be a pioneer, and you know that the best way you can tell a pioneer is by all the arrows in his back, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was really sure. a pioneer. <laughs> you know, I thought I was just a pin cushion. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, that's like all, all of us who pioneer something, you know, we, do, we, we all do different aspects, and uh, that's really great. People, if anybody wants to ask Dr. Z a question, it is 646-595-2277. Uh, I know you're out there. I can hear you breathing, okay? And I know you've got questions, so. You know, this is the time, people. And um, I think they're afraid to ask because what can I say? Um, so you're getting grants. You're working with, you're working with soldiers. Uh, you're taking volunteer doctors who are willing to, to train in your methods. Um, 
and expand expand uh, this base so that more soldiers and families and so forth can take advantage of the um, of the benefit of of what you've uh, what you've uh, created. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's really it's it's really unique because a lot of the um programs out there, you know, you can actually there are a lot of different programs for veterans. Um, you know, riding horses and scuba diving and you know, all kinds of different, you know, hot yoga, um and and all of these have benefits. But one of the things that um, you know, um again, you know, Jack Downing and I thought of is like, you know, if your husband or spouse or father or mother uh, is suffering with uh, anxiety, depression, or PTSD, how could the child not be? You know, how could the spouse sure. not? I mean, who's, 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 you know, who's taking the brunt of what needs to be done? And um, so uh, now that the program has been up and running and we've digested the uh, huge intake of uh, the original um, veterans, we've actually started to take in the husbands and uh, the spouses and the children. And its I'll tell you what, it's so gratifying because you can see the whole family um, um, come back to life because, you know, they're they're all suffering together. Um, you yes, know, they are. The, yes, they are. The, the veteran may um, have the excuse, let's say, or, or, or the main reason, but somebody's caring for him. Somebody's tiptoeing around mm-hmm. him, or, or, and I keep saying him, but... We have just as many women in the program as we do men, um, mm-hmm. which is another thing. Um, you know, a lot of programs uh, we've noticed ignore the women. Um, you know, we have a huge percentage of our military is uh, made of women, but the programs are all designed for men. Um, and a lot of women don't want to go uh, into a program um, designed for men. They And our program, we actually have uh, female physicians available. Uh, we use separate facilities for them so that, uh, you know, the women don't feel um, uh, intimidated or, um, um, you, know, they, you know, you don't want 20 men in a room and one woman. So uh, we found uh, trained female physicians to treat um, uh, female patients. Uh, and they treat men patients also, but we, we make it sure that if... Um, the women would prefer a woman, they, they get a woman uh, to help them. And it really makes a huge, huge difference. And one of the things that, you know, um, I'm big on accountability. You know, the uh, a lot of programs out there, you know, you're sitting there and hudge-pudging whether it's working or not. And I couldn't go that way. In our program, you know, we mark every day, um, they fill out a, a very brief questionnaire about how they're feeling uh, and what their biggest problem was, and then every month we have them fill out a a, a uh, like a, another mass like burnout, so that we could actually see their numbers uh, and make sure that what we're doing is um, helping them. You know, a lot of times they you know you go they would go to the, they go to the VA or even a patient goes to the doctor's office. You go in, does what he needs to do, asks how you're doing, and it's the same old routine over and over and over again, even though it's not working. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever checks to see if, if something, if what they're doing is working. Um, we make sure that every time they come in, you know, we go through the basics with them. You know, are you are you doing uh, what needs to be done? Is it, is it making a difference? And if we go two sessions and nothing is happening, 
And it doesn't have to be a dramatic change. You just want to see a positive change. You want to see people sure, moving sure. in the right direction. And um, as long as we see them moving in the right direction, we stick with it. If we don't, we make changes so that they make the progress that they want to make. Um, and for the most part, patients do great. You know, both there, military there, there's patients a question. There's, a, there's a question here on the, uh, on the chat, which I think is really a good one. We talked about how to recognize things in yourself, but how how if you were to um, be living with someone and as you said PTSD can come from a lot of different causes how would a, a spouse or a a loved one um, recognize uh, you know this adrenal dysfunction uh, in somebody else what what kind of symptoms would they see um, what, what would you re- what what would you look for. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know, it's it's actually it's pretty easy to um, uh, pick up on people uh, adrenal uh, adrenal dysfunction. Um, one of the things is is that then you know uh, people sort of lose their um, uh, lust for life. You know, they won't want to go out. Uh, you know, it's 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 kind of a, you know mimics in a way depression uh, a lot of times. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the radio, <laughs> um, you know, sometimes they, they just lose their 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 uh, their zip. Uh, they'll talk about a lot more aches and pains. It's sort of like they're almost aging too quickly. Is one of the things. A lot more aches and pains. A lot more fatigue. A lot more. Uh, a lot. Uh, they lose the lust for life. Um, and then you'll hear uh, the same things of uh, they'll come. You know, if they get up quickly. Um, they'll become very, very dizzy. I tell people all the time, they're like, well, you know, how do I know if I have it? The easiest and simplest way uh, to give you an idea is lie down and stand up unbelievably quickly, as fast as you can. And if you're unstable, you really shouldn't be. Uh, And that's a good clue that somebody might be developing or already has um, adrenal fatigue. Um, And you know what? Let's say it's coming from something else. You still got to get it looked at. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, maybe it's not adrenal fatigue, but it's not normal. It's definitely not Um, normal. It's definitely not normal. So, yeah, so, you know, uh, and then, you know, another one is is, uh, for people is if they're driving in the car at night and all of a sudden they can't tolerate the lights being shined at them, uh, if that really has now become, like, quite an annoyance, um, you know, real irritation, that has a lot to do because the adrenals are responsible for um, pupil dilation and constriction. Um, and when they start to get adrenal dysfunction, they can't respond quickly enough. Um, so they'll start really cursing out at the um, at the oncoming cars. And just overall irritability. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many people are diagnosed with um, anxiety or depression that really stems from just uh, adrenal f- fatigue and miscommunication uh, between the brain and the adrenal gland. There's no reason that we should have uh, eight to ten percent of the population on an anti-anxiety medication and eight to ten percent of the population on a uh, antidepressant. Um, there, the, the world hasn't changed that much. More, much more likely is the fact that. Um, people are, have adrenal fatigue and they're getting a lazy diagnosis of um, uh, anxiety or depression. And that's one of the reasons that the medication doesn't work for so many people. It's not the right diagnosis. 
And so um, that's one of the things. If somebody is on a medication also and it's not working, maybe look at these other problems uh, that are, you know, luckily Mm -hmm. easier to treat uh, with proper care. There's a lot of things that can be changed. There's a lot of <clears throat> a lot of disease, a lot of uh, dysfunction, and as you said at the very beginning, this is the uh, the century of looking at functional illness, and uh, the more we embrace that, because that's the direction everything's going. Uh, well, we're kind of at the end of our uh, end of our time, people. Uh, uh, Dr. Steve, I want to thank you for spending your time with us. Do you have any uh, parting words of wisdom you'd like to give everybody? Yeah, I want to thank everybody for listening and for you hosting this show. It's it's a great opportunity. Um, you know, if you have a question, read the book first, uh, Misdiagnosed the Adrenal Fatigue Link. Um, if you're a veteran, a soldier, family member, and you think you need care, just call my office. We're happy to help. Uh, the number is 732-308-0099. Thanks a lot. I appreciate all the time that you spent. I appreciate you because let me tell you something. You know, uh, I know for a fact that you changed the the landscape of treating PTSD for our soldiers, and that's going to have a big ripple effect to the rest of the world. So thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Okay, so I'm going to say goodnight to everybody. So um, uh, next week we are going to have um, uh, a story of hope. Uh, the story of Katie, who is a girl who was injured by Gardasil and also has Lyme disease. Uh, It went from being bedridden to um, doing very, very well. So she's going to be here telling her story. And uh, I look forward to seeing everybody next week. Uh, Thank you for your time. Uh, Don't forget to uh, look on Amazon for Misdiagnosed, um, the Adrenal Fatigue Book by Dr. Zalkoy. It's... um, not super expensive, and you can um, get it by Kindle download. So I will say good night. Thank you all for listening. It's been a long road getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but my time is You know, people, it really is a long road. Especially for those people who are suffering with chronic illnesses. And um, this is just another permutation of Dr. Zakoy has um, discovered. Okay, now everybody can hear me. Has developed a method of. Ooh, okay. I think it's just uh, going fast. (laughs) Nevertheless. Pick up the book, okay? Give Dr. Zakway a call if you're a soldier. Okay, uh, everything that he talked about is in his book. And guess what? Chronic illness is resolvable. I promise you it is. Keep having faith. You're the strongest people I know. And I love you. Take care, okay? <laughs>